This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Let's see if your son is going to answer the phone this time. Yeah, you yeah, probably heard the phone ringing. Look at he's still not doing it. And, and, and I, I yelled at him uh, for not picking up the phone. This is ridiculous. And he is once again not picking up the phone, the, okay. even though we're doing a podcast. This is, All right. I, I assume yeah. you're going to... He's dis- fired. Disciplinary action. Now. There will be action on this. That is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Nothing matters but the weekend. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, coming up on this show, this, oh we're going to jump right in and say it because uh, nothing matters but the weekend from a Tuesday point of view. Shakespeare did not write that, Rick. No. Who wrote that? Mr. Zero, yeah. uh, who was in the band The Kings. And it's, you know, it's a one-hit wonder, but it's a wonder. Well, it's technically two hits because it's two songs in well, one yeah, song. yeah, there you go. That's a good point. But we will be speaking to Mr. Zero before this show is over, so very excited about that. And if you are in your 50s, I'd yeah. say, maybe yeah. late 40s, yeah. 50s, American, no doubt you have heard the song. And it's, it's, a, it's a classic rock staple now. You'll hear it on any classic rock station in America. Uh, but we'll talk. We'll talk more about that song later on. Uh, back in the saddle again. We've been off for the last couple of weeks. Uh, well, hold on there, Sparky. It hasn't been. We were off. Uh, Rick decided to go to Europe for ten days, right? Or, uh, you know, it was actually more like two weeks. But you know, uh, it was fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've always wanted to uh, see Slovenia mm-hmm. um, and Croatia, and it was in Aust- Austria as well. And I ate a lot, and mm-hmm. I drank a lot. I noticed you I, ate a lot. I uh, walked you, a lot. Yeah, you know. I, I was putting like 15,000 steps okay. every day. Well, you're wearing a pretty tight T-shirt right now. I, yeah. It sound, looks like you ate more than you walked, my well, friend. Uh, well, you know, yeah. and I, while you, I am who I am. You know, and while you were gone, not only was I... Whoopsie. Dropped the mic there. Yeah, that's all right. Um, not only did I keep the company afloat, yeah, thank mm-hmm. you very much, yeah. but I was really busy getting a lot done. You know what I got done? What'd you get done? Legal marijuana in, in <laughs> Illinois. That was your job, that huh? Was, yeah. that, that was my move. Sports gambling, now legal nice, in nicely Illinois. Nicely done. Yeah. So while you're at the, what, Adriatic Sea, drinking a glass of wine, yeah. Uh, yeah. looking out. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting some done. Prostitution still has been a little problem for me. <laughs> yeah. And mandatory 54 retirement I haven't been able to get through. Yeah. But, but we'll work on that. You're going to be going to Europe in the next three weeks anyway. I'll right? probably go again soon. You know, I love it there. I, I really would like to retire there. Europe? Yeah. It's got to be expensive, right? Well, that's the only problem. I have to win the lottery. Can you... Would you even be able to retire there? I mean, can you like st- well, definitely you, what you can stay? do is you can stay there for like six months. Okay, you know, know. And, and that probably is enough. Go there for six months. It all depends on you know how healthy you are. Well, and I was just going to say, yeah. how much retirement are you really going to have? Anyways? Exactly. Yeah, but six months could actually be that the could whole, be it. Be that could be the whole thing. Yeah, As you mentioned, I'm not a thin man. Well, welcome me back. Well, thank you. Welcome I, back. I, I appreciate that very much. I think uh, people are probably uh, aching for some minutia, so why don't we just give it to them? I'm going to go on a limb here, Rick. Yeah. Right on a limb. You're not a manscaper, are you? <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, I am not. Uh, no. Newsflash, nor am I. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, but evidently, I think the whole... You know what manscaping I is. I know what manscaping is, of course, uh, yes. Uh, but evidently, it's kind of 
popular. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, the youngsters. Uh, well, it's I think, yeah, it's youngsters, but it appears, as I'm going to tell you with a story out of Iceland, maybe oh, okay. for the older generation as well. Maybe we're in that sandwich generation that isn't just getting the manscaping. Thing. Okay. I don't know. Um, well, this comes out of I- Iceland. And Iceland, an Icelandic swimming pool, had to put up this sign. Let me show you the sign. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. For those of you who are not viewing us, which you can't, uh, it is a uh, poster of a elderly bald man. Yeah. With a, a naked elderly bald man. Holding a hairdryer, yep. a handheld hairdryer. To point, his nether regions. Yeah, pointed there yeah. with a big red and an X over yes. it. Okay. So evidently, this is becoming, manscaping is becoming a thing in gyms. Okay. Okay, sure. So also, what, never go to those. Um, and they had to put this poster up, this 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 health club had to put this poster up, because it was issued after local swimmer Haraldur Jonanason. Okay. Jonathan, you know, sure. yeah. uh, wrote a letter of com- complaining to the about manscapers <laughs> that were published in his in a local newspaper. Okay, titled "This is not a ball sack dryer." This is not a ball sack dryer. It read, "Don't dry your ball sack or your butt with a communal <laughs> hair dryer in the swimming pool or the gym." Bald older gentlemen. Okay, now I'm pissed. Yeah, bald older gentlemen with hairy torsos must either bring their own blow dryers. Or just buy a more absorbent towel. <laughs> also, God. I don't want... I, now, this is my favorite part right yeah. here. Also, I don't want to see you trimming and tweezing your pubic hair. Oh. Oh. Yeah. That so, seems like a reasonable request. Yeah, I, yeah right, exactly. Um, now, I did a little research because yeah. as a journalist, I have to... As <laughs> a journalist. You know, I've I, always I, thought I, of you as a journalist, yes. So, evidently, this manscaping yeah. is common, right? Right. So, I took the liberty of finding the most popular styles for the pubic hairs oh really yeah. and okay. i and i have a i have a diagram here okay no, don't worry it's infographic yeah please. It's a, okay so as you see here oh geez. these are the 10 most or the famous okay or the most popular pubic hair wow those are real uh, aren't they so we've got the heart yeah mm-hmm. shape yeah shaped yeah. as a heart yeah you got the mustache which i think is pretty cool that's a good look uh the charlie chaplin i like calling yeah. it the hitler right because it's the same thing right. let's be honest uh the david suzuki who's david suzuki i'm not sure uh yeah the rising sun <laughs> you got the landing strip the lightning bolt the arrow I like the arrow. I do like the arrow, too. Yeah. It's like, look at this. Yeah, here it is, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> In case you can't see it, follow the arrow. You got the bush, and then you got the side part, which is just ludicrous. The side yeah, part. Yeah, the side part's ridiculous. So now, Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, hairstyles should... So, and and you, you choose, you've chosen to go with the forest. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> exactly. The, I call it the Einstein. Okay, very uh, good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, now I do think that I know I know one guy that does this. No way. Yes, and and it, and I can't reveal who it is, but it's somebody that uh, is in my family, extended family. Okay. Really? How do you know this? How, All right, I'll tell you how I know this. Okay. Uh, he and I were having a discussion at a family gathering, yeah. and he asked me if I do this. And, I, and I'm like, no. What is that like? Hey, did you try the yeah. try the herring? By the way, do you man? Yes, kind of like that. And, and I said, do well, you? He said, yeah, of course. I said, why? Yeah. He, he said, because if, if you really go low on your on the hair down mm-hmm. there, it makes your thing look a lot bigger. <laughs> so it's smoke and mirror. It's fake uh, yeah. news, basically. Right, right. But I mean, 
It was like, hey, hey and pass the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, when I had hair. Yeah. I would, We're talking 30 years ago. Right. Yeah. I mean, I hair on my head. Yeah. You would want a hairstyle that kind of fit your personality, right? Sure. You know, the, the cool mullet when I was a kid, <laughs> right? I, I had one of those. You know, because, uh, you know, the rock and roll cut when you're Yeah. Young. Well, shouldn't those hairstyles reflect your personality? Uh, yes, of course. So mine would be the Eeyore. <laughs> yeah, the, Looks the, the, like rain. There's Dave's <laughs> penis right below here. Or the Matt emoji. Is what I was thinking. Was okay. probably those two. Very nice. Right. Right. Very nice. All right. Well, so, hey. manscapers, there you go. Uh, you can find these um, styles on manscaped.com. Okay. Yeah, Bookmarked is, on my uh, computer. This bit is for all of you who say we're not edgy enough. <laughs> yeah. All right. I've got one that kind of fits in that category, too. Uh, let me tell you the story out of Washington State, Dave. Uh, Cameron Jeffrey Wilson was a 27-year-old man was carrying a gun in his front pocket, as people do, Mm -hmm. on April 5th in Washington State when the firearm accidentally discharged. Mm -hmm. All right. The Wenatchee World News reports that the bullet pierced Wilson's testicles and then went into his thigh. Mm. All right. Which is, you know, not a good story. No, no. But it gets worse. Probably it's happened before. I'm betting it has. Upon arriving at the hospital... A doctor was operating on the gunshot wound when a balloon of marijuana slipped out of his <laughs> anus. Court records show. <laughs> oh! It gets worse. Okay. As Wilson was uh, being prosecuted into the Chilean County Jail, he was strip, shir- strip searched and another balloon <laughs> of marijuana. He had a Groupon. It was a two for one. <laughs> Came out of his anus. Bloop. <laughs> so in one day, yeah. he... Inserted two balloons yeah. of marijuana in, in his anus, yeah. shot himself in the testicles, yeah. and then splooshed out the uh, the uh, the marijuana. That's a busy day. It's yeah. a busy day. And and here's the funny thing: in Washington State, marijuana is legal. It's legal. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. This this guy's an idiot. He's a moron. Yeah, but uh, right. but a Manusha Mental podcast listener and speak. You know, I bet he is subscribed. <laughs> uh, if you want to subscribe to Manusha Men, all you got to do is uh, go on what? What do we got? We got iTunes, which you better do pretty quick. Yeah, because do I that do, quick. Uh, Apple Podcasts is going to be the new iTunes right thing. I guess we got. Uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on uh, Spotify. Google Play. Yeah. Uh, and you know, while you're doing that, check out. Some of the other shows on uh, on the Radio mm-hmm. Misfits Podcast Network and the OPI production mm-hmm. shows. There's a show called Back to You, which uh, has legendary TV personalities Howard Sudbury and Steve Baskerville. Mm-hmm. Um, Lasano and Friends. Well, I was just on there. You were on. How was that? That was great. It was good. Good people. Good people. Yeah, who, who else was on the show with you? Uh, Jen. DeSalvo? Jen DeSalvo, okay, and then and, and others, <laughs> and others there, that you totally can't remember, there. right? Yeah. No, but it was it was a it was a it was a really good show, and we also have Destination Eat Drink by Brent Peterson. He's yes, and the I, car I, guys, the I, car guys, the uh, the uh, Brent Peterson show. I'm going to be on that this week. Oh, really? Uh, discussing my uh, eating tour of Slovenia. So you're his celebrity I guest. I am. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, you were the celebrity guest for Tony Lasano, so you know. Touche. Touche. All right, you got anything else uh, there? Hey, uh, do you remember how to do the Jenkins? Uh, I do. Off? Here we go. When you're on the job and you're not doing it right. Jenkins! Time now for Dave to share stories of employee screw-ups. Jenkins! It could only be... Jenkins! Jenkins. With uh, Rick and Dave. Jenkins! Rick, do you have any experience designing large sanitary vehicles uh, for like a municipal 
I do Go. not. Okay, well, you'd be yeah. perfect for Philadelphia. <laughs> okay. okay. Send your resume. The Philadelphia Department and Streets of Sanitation, they spent $2.73 million okay. on 10 new sanitation street sweepers. Oh, that's, that's nice. That's like two, yeah. $273,000. Yeah. Little problem, though. What's that? They can't. The, 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 it doesn't fit on all the streets in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. yeah. Philadelphia has some old streets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, about 14% of the uh, streets in Philadelphia, you cannot use these new... <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Jenkins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the um, st- uh, Streets Department Commissioner, Colton Williams, said, uh, yeah, we probably should have looked at this before. Yeah. All right. So, That's a, a note for next time. Exactly. Uh, it's time now for another feature here. Time now for a collection of Cub Geekness. This is Just One Bad Century. With Rick and Dave. Getting pretty sick of sending out your book, Rick. (laughs) So, Every Cub Ever is my book, and I I did a couple of interviews this week about it, and it's selling like crazy. Mm -hmm. It is selling like crazy. People are buying five, ten copies at a time, and Dave is our shipping department, and Dave is getting a little cranky. I'm getting a little cranky. I'm sorry I'm such a success. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, EveryCubEver.com, you can get this book, and it's a ridiculously wonderful compilation of... If you are a Cubs fan. 2,186 bios. Yep. Yep. Everybody who's ever played. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, should we offer a prize if someone can find someone that is not in there? Sure. You know what? I would even say the first person who emails us. Yeah. Uh, to Minutiaman, what's what's it? Minutiaman podcast at gmail.com. First person who says that under the title or the subject, give me a free book, gets a free book. Just one though. Just one. The first one. Okay. All right. Well, some of the things that you'll find in that book, uh, uh, for instance, today is the 75th anniversary of D-Day. And there were 24 Cubs that fought in World War II, but only Mm -hmm. one was there on D-Day, and his name was Larry French, and he actually was a, a big-time star pitcher for the Cubs. He was in the 35 and 38 World Series for the Cubs. Um, he actively took part in the D-Day invasion. He was in the Navy. Uh, he was an active player until joining the Navy, and he realized you know, his baseball career was basically over, so he made the military his career. And he stayed in the Navy for 27 years, 22 years in active duty uh, before retiring in 1969 as a captain. So he was on the 69 team. (laughs) Well, you know, he was still alive in 69, so he could have watched the the Cubs blow it. I was saying on Earth, that same human team. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, let's, let's pay tribute to a Cub today, and that Cub... Is Larry French, who was there on the uh, uh, D-Day invasion back in 1944, 75 years ago today. All right, time for another feature. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. So this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar, pulls out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of my encounter with that celebrity. Jerry Ryan. Jerry Ryan, who played seven of nine... Uh Do you remember her? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was not a Star Trek fan, but... Uh, yeah. The, the I outfit... Liked, yeah, I like the uniform that she was wearing. Yeah, that uh, is memorable. Yeah. There's no question about it. Well, she was 
starring in that show when I was John Landecker's yeah. producer. And John is a Star Trek right. fanatic. And also noticed... Right. Uh, and he's Jerry a heterosexual. Right. And, right. right, exactly. He's, he's a man. Um, and he really wanted to get Jerry Ryan on. And at that time, I was training a uh, an assistant to help me with booking guests, Tom Sikowski, mm-hmm. everybody. And he spent six months trying to get Jerry Ryan on because she was super hot yeah. at that time. I mean, in more ways than right. one. Um, and he finally got her after all that time, six months working yeah. day after day. And we right the day before we were, we were teasing it, Jerry Ryan uh-huh. coming up, Jerry Ryan coming up Tuesday, Jerry Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we, we get called into the office the day before the interview. Yeah. And they said to us, you guys are not allowed to have guests on anymore. No more guests. Was this in the bottom of the ninth inning for the show? Or, no. Uh, As really? it turned out, we ended up lasting another five years after that. But it was on May 6th, 1998. And and we were all depressed. And I took my buddies, Tom and Vince. We went to the Cubs game. Oh, okay. And it was the day of Kerry Woods 20 strikeout. Right. Yeah. It, but, you know, we were still bummed because Jerry Ryan wasn't going to be on. And it turns out that Jerry Ryan had an important role in history, not only uh, in uh, in my role of being able to see Kerry Wood. Wood, sure. Even a bigger part, she actually is partially responsible for Barack Obama becoming the president of the United States. Right. And here's how that happened. She was married to a guy named Jack Ryan. They got a divorce, and the papers of their divorce were sealed. Jack Ryan was running for the Senate in Illinois against against Obama. But here's what happened. The the divorce papers come out and in those divorce papers uh, it turns out that Jack Ryan was forcing Jerry Ryan to go to these sex parties <laughs> in, in Paris, right? It, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and she w- was appalled by it and and that's why they got a divorce right. and he was trying to keep the secret. It didn't stay secret. Barack Obama then had a very easy opponent named Alan Alex, Keyes, right, right. who you and I could have beaten right, yeah. in that election. He goes on to become the senator with a huge uh, ball of momentum behind him. And and Jerry Ryan played an important role. In, in your life. In my life and in the we lives try to get her of America. Sh- we got to try to get her on the we show. We should. I bet she'd enjoy that story. Oh my yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. All right, all right. We can all right. do an in studio with her. We got somebody on the phone, so we we must get this person on the air right away, Mister Zero. Well, let's play the audio and then bring him in. Time now for the Celebrity Minutia Minute. Hey, you got a minute? Celebrity Minutia Minute with Rick and Dave. All right, joining us on the phone, Dave. This is uh, this is an exciting moment for us. My high school years would not be the same without this man. A guitarist, okay. one of the uh, songwriters for the great band The Kings. The song, the beat goes on, switching the glide, soundtrack of our youth. Huge hit here in Chicago, by the way. And, and Chicago's always kind of been an important place for you in the band, hasn't it? Uh, well, very much so. Um, we were uh, in, uh, incredibly lucky that, that we were embraced by radio so much in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we've played there many times. The uh, You know, we were able to have a lunch a few, three or four years ago with Bob Stroud, who was... Uh, yeah, good pal know, of ours. He, yeah, and he's he's just a wonderful guy, and uh, he said that when he first heard, he was uh, putting it on a cart at the station that he was on, 
You know, remember those? Yes, I do. A track too. Yeah. So we have to, I think, inform the listeners. Exactly yes, that's a good point. <laughs> Pretty much everybody that listens to our show is over fifty, so I think we're we're all right. Well, uh, even even people our age oh, yeah. don't know what a card yeah. is. Yeah, it's a, it's what they put the uh, songs on at radio stations. Yeah, they take it off the vinyl into a thing like an eight track tape, right. so that they can cue it up easier. I think. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and so. Uh, he said that his job was to do that at, I forget which station, but, it, you know, it wasn't Luke or uh, one he's at now, obviously. But, uh, you know, and I, I put it on our uh, our uh, YouTube channel. We did. I, I kind of filmed it a bit. And so he said when he was doing that, he says, man, I got hit ears. And when I heard that, I knew it was a hit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it was. I mean, actually, Bob even uh, recorded that song with his band many years later isn't that true that's true and uh he, he sent me a copy of i mean you know a digital copy and uh, he was telling us of me and dave about the about that session it took like you know 10 hours and his voice was shot by the end of it and everything but you know how great is that for, yeah uh, well you know you we know, you know we're our high school was so we graduated in 1981 where so your this song was played all the time, it, in all, the time. I mean, it, it all the time all the time non it was everywhere it was wls had it on their station in chicago in the loop and all these stations that we listen to and it it is one of these songs that just it puts you in a good mood it makes yeah. you smile right. you know nothing matters but the weekend from a tuesday point of, and you're right that's that's poetry <laughs> man it really is if if nothing well, matters uh, i'm sorry go on yeah i know that uh you know when we what happened was that, you know, we get, we're we lucky enough to get a a recording deal through uh, our producer, Bob Ezrin, who was, uh, you know, the number one guy in the world at the time because he just done Pink Floyd Wall album. Pretty good. And um, we were in a studio in Toronto and just doing, you know, we'd saved up enough money from gigging and stuff and I think probably borrowed some from our parents and that to go into the sort of best studio in Toronto and where you know he worked with Jack Richardson and you know doing Alice Cooper and the you know the Guess Who recorded there and so he was back after a year or two with Pink Floyd and kind of dropped by and I guess was maybe looking for something to do but I don't know if he really was but our manager at the time uh, kind of you know buttonholed him and got him in a room and talked to him a bit and just said you know well we're here on our own doing this thing independent and Maybe you'd listen to it. So he did, and he liked it, and his kids liked it, and um, it was close to home, and he, I, he just went down to Electra in Los Angeles. And I mean, it was a Cinderella story, you know, really, I guess, if you want to look at it like that. And, yeah. Um, and then we rehearsed for like a month, and then got our stuff together, because initially we brought him on board to mix it, and what we had done and then when he was tearing the tracks apart he realized that you know these guys have great songs and they got a great singer but they really don't know how to make a record (laughs) (laughs) you know and i think that that was the that's when he realized that you know and of course the version of uh, the demo that we did of this beat goes on and switching to glide is it's it's on uh it's on um you know 
Spotify and everything. We, I put it up there. It's called, you know, it's called the original demo or something. And, uh, you know, you can hear that the bones are there, but it's not quite right. Yeah. And so, um, but Bob was, you know, once we decided that we were going to, you know, work with him and, and, and started rehearsing in that, I think that, like, he's a guy that, that, that will say, you know, this isn't right. You know, he, mm-hmm. sometimes he, cha- sometimes he changes stuff like, you know, he'll throw in an idea, but in that particular case, he just said, you know, this isn't right here. It's something's not. So, you know, he kind of left it to us to fix it. And so, um, I know that it was like, Oh, you know, cause you go, geez, you know, we'd already worked so hard on writing this thing. And so it's a matter of going back over something that you thought was done, but I mean, that's part of, you know, any good songwriter knows that sometimes it ain't done till it's done. So yeah. you got to go back and, and rework it. So well, I know you... that Dave went away. D- D- Dave uh, wrote the music and the melody to that song, which is how we generally were. I write the lyrics to the stuff. And so, I mean, most people would think it'd be the other way around, but it's kind of not in our band. But the... Um, so he he went away and if you know without going into the structure of the thing he just changed a couple chords and put it in a different order and changed the the melody and then that was the thing that decided the the fate of the song and I rewrote the words to make it a lot more fun and uh, a little less creative or dumb or something and then uh, and then that's the one that Bob recorded and that's that's the version that everybody knows so it was a great. Uh, you know, he knew that something was wrong, and so mm-hmm. um, that was uh, his input on that particular thing. And then, you know, the mix and the recording that he did of it is just—it's—it still sounds great, you know. Well, and you writing the lyrics, uh, love the lyrics, and love it how you mentioned yourself in the lyrics. Was this a way for you to try to get with the ladies? You know, uh, let me uh, let me quote you: "Hey, ladies, ooh, you crazies." Well, me and Zero request you in the Mercedes. Did that ever work? I mean, did you actually well, flop that out? And uh, and did that ever uh, well, land anything for you? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was my Mercedes. It was. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I had uh, around that time when we were playing out as a bar band. I, I, had, I somehow I forget where I got the first one. I had a '65 220, and then it lasted a, a few months, and then it kind of. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah, and then I got a, uh, we were driving to a gig and got some gas at a gas station and I saw this other one sitting in the lot and it was a 64 220S, which is kind of like a big sedan with a big grill and the fins on the back and all that. And I think I didn't have a car at that point. The other one had gone. So I think it was, you know, 800 bucks or something like that. So <laughs> I managed to get that. And then that was the one that the song is about. And, um, we went to, we had a lot of fun in that car, but the, uh, <laughs> did, did you have Donna? Did Donna, who's Donna? And what, did she want to in the uh, Mercedes? <laughs> well, I mean, there was, you know, I, I guess there was girls around at the time and it, you know, but I don't think that there was no specific Donna or Donna or Trudy or Judy. It was, it was just rhyming. Right. Uh, well, well, yeah. And, and I was thinking of, uh, I remember writing it on in the house that I was sharing with my buddy uh, Ralph uh, on the sixth line here in Oakville, where, where where we were based at the time, and I still live. But um, you know, we had a uh, 
I was remembering, I was thinking of that song, The Name Game. I don't know if you remember that thing. Yeah, uh, sure. Uh, the Banana you know, Fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, all that. And so what, what, and it's like one of those things that, you know, where you, you pull on something else and try to make it your own. But it just occurred to me that I hadn't, there hadn't been a name song in a while. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, sure. a, like a song with, you know, because uh, every once in a while, you know, they'll, there was another one, Mambo Number no. Five or whatever that one sure. a few yeah, years right. ago, where it came yeah. out with with names in it and that kind of thing. So it was, um, I, it was just like an entryway into the song, you know, because you got to start with something. And I just, <laughs> I just thought, well, Judy and Trudy and Moody and that. So <laughs> yeah, that right. yeah, absolutely. You, Matilda wouldn't have worked. Yeah. <laughs> Laverne. And then the other, but and the other sort of famous you know, uh, the people complimented on all the time is, uh, is, uh, you know, nothing matters, but the weekend, but, uh, I don't know if you can hear those, I got these stupid beeps going on the phone here. I can't stop it. Uh, but it'll stop. But, um, but anyway, I had, uh, I had nothing matters, but the weekend and that was okay. But the line after that, like from a Tuesday point of view, I had that. And then, the line after that, like a kettle in the kitchen, that you feel the steam begin. That took, that took a long time to get that one yeah. because it's you know, because the first one's so strong and good. You go, right. okay, well that is that is good. You know, I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, then you go, well, how do you, how do, how can you follow it up? And so that's the difficult part. But uh, so, so that took another week or something. You know, of beating my head against the wall, but. But now those hey. now those words are are out there forever, and and you know you guys will always be associated with that song, um, and you've toured the world singing that song. You must have done it, you know, thousands of times. Um, do you have any Do you have any good rock and roll stories from your many years touring, uh, and and uh, just kind of living that life? Uh, well, I don't think we ever made it as big as. Um you know, uh, our, our, uh, you know, ascendancy to the descendants <laughs> was only over a few years, I think, mm -hmm, but, uh, right. you know, we did, we did a lot of playing in the U S we never played in Europe. It never really happened over there. I, I, I remember somebody sent us the review from, uh, from Melody Maker magazine, of course. And of course the British press over there, they, they're very creative in how they can just, you know, rake you over the core. Yeah, savage you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, they're they're brutal, and so the review from the, that magazine. First, of, I remember they, you know, funny how you remember, but they thought we were from California and said that we should just be thrown like a frisbee back to the beach to California or something like that. <laughs> <Wow>. Ouch! <laughs> or and and then the other the other line was, uh, you know, inflicting these you know these guys on. You know, strike torn Britain is like giving cotton candy to a hunger striker. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, that's rough. Well, and didn't didn't they know you're from Canada? Everybody's nice in Canada. They shouldn't have said anything bad to you. Uh, now we know that. Well, it, I mean, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say Canada. You're you're from Canada, and they have different airplane airplay rules in radio in Canada, right? Don't they have to have a certain percentage of Canadian artists? <laughs> per hour yeah, or something well, that, that, well that's right they brought it in uh, because 
And it's a good thing they did because, you know, all we'd be listening to would be, you know, Journey and, you know, Aerosmith if they didn't do that. And and that's the way it was going. So there were some people that started that that legislation and and it's turned out to really give our country a a shot in the arm and a great boost to the uh, Canadian artists, um, you know, that have led to a lot of them Mm -hmm. reaching out and, and going far beyond the borders of Canada, you know, and then. Some of the uh, some of them are just obviously worldwide superstars, you know. Oh, the Brian Adams, Bri- to Rush, Celine Dion, to right. uh, Russia, you know. Actually, my buddy uh, Getty Lee just put out this big book of bass, and I don't know if you heard of this thing. No, that's what he spent the, the last two years. Is he's collecting basses every sort of every model and every color and every everything, and he's put out this book. Wow. It's a coffee table book of bass guitars, and so he had a he's had a few like small like theater or uh, venue engagements where he signs the books, and you get a free book when you buy a ticket. So my buddies uh, went to the one near here the other day, and it was sponsored by the music store that they work for, and and they got they you know I they just I got it yesterday. They gave you know they said I got you something. I said what do you mean? I, and they gave me this book, and it's signed to zero by Getty Lee. It's like wow, oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's. You can I do mean, with... you know, I guess you got a you got a free book when you walked in with the, with when you spent you know I don't know how hundred fifty bucks on a ticket or something. But you know, pretty awesome. And especially you didn't have to pay for the hundred dollar ticket too, right? Because they got it for <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, right. Exactly. That, that's the that's a win win. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Yeah. Uh, and I know you were on American Bandstand, uh, and you you had some very big moments uh, in your. There, and there's like a two year window there where you had some big moments. What what do you think of as like the absolute pinnacle of your success? Well, um, you know, it was sort of this. Uh, I mean, those are things that help promote the cause you know I, you know like your manager and your uh, publicity people and they you know we were down there in california in la and they you know to do that and we um <laughs> but we got uh, it was it was a real thrill obviously to to play on american bandstand you go into the uh oh my god yeah. the abc studio there and um, they do like you know, like a lot of those shows, like you know, even Jeopardy and everything else. They film like five of them in one day, every you know, or more. Yeah. And of course, Jeopardy is a weekly show, I mean, a daily show. But uh, Bandstand, they did it every three or four weeks, and they'd shoot three or four shows in one day. So we walked in, and uh, Cool and the gang were in there <laughs> on the stage doing their thing, and then. Then they send the kids out to change their clothes, and then they come back in. And uh, the show that we were on, it was Nick Lowe and Rockpile. Oh, oh wow. Cool. cool. And they did uh, Teacher, Teacher and another song. And that was the one that we were on. Uh, they were on first, and we were on second, I think. But And so we did, uh, because it's this speed and switching is too long, um, they, we, they just cut. To cut it down to switching to glide, which was actually the, the single came out first as switching to glide. Yeah, right. Without with, without the whole segue, and then it was, it didn't really light up or catch fire or do anything, you know. And so that's when we were 
all in, uh, from our camp and some of the people at the record company, Electra, started the promotional people said, you know, the segue that and we know it's five minutes, but this is where the, 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 the gold is, you know, so they, <laughs> they managed to talk them into putting that out. And then, and that's when the phone started to ring. Like, like Bob Stroud said, is, you know, from that first lick, you hear it and you go, well, what is this? You yeah, know, and it turns right. out to be this, this long catchy journey that you go on. And then it's a real, it's such a, it's a hit song, you know? And so that's, and so that's when they started to put more money into it. And then, you know, and then it broke at different points all across the country. And like you said, you know, Chicago was oh, just huge. so huge. And we were, we were actually, I mean, we were in New York, um, at the record company office. Uh, and you know, somebody came in and said, we just got WLS, you know, no, that... and, and we're going, you know, we were like these, you know, hicks from the sticks. So it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> Just a 50,000. You know, yeah, it's like a huge AM station out of Chicago. And, and they broke out the Stoli, you know, vodka and everything. And so we're going, all right, great. You know, so fine. Free booze. How old were you? How old were you at this time? We're all, uh, the whole band was in our, like, well, because we have a sort of different age range, but early and mid mid 20s okay. basically mid so you were 20s. legal with the alcohol that's all i'm after here <laughs> oh no yeah 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 we're all uh, and and that wasn't our first alcoholic beverage <laughs> well i love molson from canada i love moosehead yeah. and molson are my two favorite beers <laughs> well hey zero uh, yeah. uh, thank you very much for this being awesome. on with this us uh, it's a it's a thrill to talk to you well we're not kidding when we say that that song means a lot to us yeah it was uh, part well, of our childhood, and we'll never forget it. Well, that's, uh, you know, it's so kind of you to say that and uh, to reach out. Uh, you know, it, it, the thing, you know, the legs that this thing has got is just, it's just amazing to us. And and we hope to come back and play in Chicago, you know. Uh, oh, please let us know. Point. We would love to see yeah, you. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will for sure. I mean, we're, we're just kind of... Uh, and, and another sort of pivotal thing that, that we're that I'm working on right at this point is, in that same summer of 1980, we played at this f- festival called Heatwave just outside of Toronto at uh, a racetrack where they had the Grand Prix and all that called Mosport. And they had this big concert with uh, Talking Heads and Elvis Costello and the Pretenders and the B-52s and uh, and us. <laughs> you know, oh, all our favorites and others. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and so it was called Heatwave, and and what happened was they had a uh, sound truck there, and a, <clears throat> excuse me, and a film crew, and and they went and asked all the bands at the beginning of the day, look at, let's just film this thing, and um, we'll put it all in a vault, and we'll figure out the legal stuff later. And everybody said no, except us and a. a a, tr- a band from around here called Teenage Head, which is like a Canadian Ramones kind of band. Okay. Really <laughs> and so it took, we, we we saw a bit of the footage at one point, and then it just all disappeared. So back in the 90s, I went on this search, and I was able to find, and the guys who own them gave me, so I own them now, the, the film and the soundtrack. So oh. the last few months I've been working on it was shot in 16 mil and recorded on an uh, A-track, a uh, half inch. So, 
this we got about seven songs that's as much as they felt but it captures the band at its uh the all the original guys at their absolute best on a big stage and it is killer yeah i bet (laughs) i bet i'd love to see it so so i've been working on that and that'll be coming out in the next you know six months i hope and uh i hope you guys can have a look at it oh that'd be great absolutely yeah. and and thanks thanks again for coming on and, and being part of the show well i appreciate it the minutia man i love it <laughs> all right buddy thank you man take it easy okay thank Bye-bye. you bye you know i'm gonna buy a 1974 monte carlo now <laughs> get that eight track tape player get the king's uh or maybe a 64 mercedes right yeah uh yeah. the great guest great guy uh, yeah, so congratulations to them, and, and and it was fun to have him on. If you'd like to uh, find out more about Rick and Dave, uh, you can check out our company, EckhartsPress.com, which has got a huge bestseller mm-hmm. book uh, called Every Cub Ever that you should check out. Hey, I'm in the process of writing every Seattle pilot ever. Oh, fantastic. That might that might go a little faster than the 10 years it took me to do this. One. Hey, let's, <laughs> let's see if your son is going to answer the phone this time. Yeah. No, I don't okay, think he is. Okay, hold on, let's see. So, during the interview of Mr. Zero, you yeah, probably heard the phone ringing. Look at he's still not doing you, yeah, and you. And I, I yelled at him uh, for not picking up the phone. This is ridiculous. And he is once again not picking up the phone, the, okay. even though we're doing a podcast. This is All right. I, I assume yeah. you're going to. He's dis- fired. Disciplinary action. Fi- there up. will be action on this. Uh, so, congratulations to. Um, not congratulations. Thank you to uh, Tony Lasano. No, congratulations Lasano. for listening because yeah. this was a great show. <laughs> no, I wanted to thank Tony Lasano. Oh, He's know. the executive producer of the show. OpiShows.com. Opie, by the way. O-P-P-I-H Shows.com. Uh, we'd also like to uh, thank Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network who distributes us. And we will be back again next week with another episode of... Minutia Man. <laughs> The proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opi Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Now that car show season is here in the Midwest, we'll give our thoughts about everything to do with car shows, the who, what's, and how's of car shows. It's the Car Guys Report Car Shows Show. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me and Luke Costable for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, and Opie production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network.